0: The Jews answered him are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon Jesus answered I do not have a demon but I honor my father and you dishonor me yet I do not seek my own glory there is one who seeks it and he is the judge truly truly I say to you if anyone keeps my word my glory is nothing it is the father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God but you have not known him I know him if I were to say that I do not know him I would be a liar like you but I do know him and I keep his word your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day he saw it and was glad so the jews said to him you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen abraham jesus said to them truly truly i say to you before abraham was i am so they picked up stones to throw at him but jesus hid himself and went out of the temple praise god for the reading of his word you may now be seated
1: Thank you, Brother Leon. Good morning to all, to those who are watching live via Facebook, or YouTube, or in the delayed telecast, or delayed uh, in Spotify listening, and those who are also watching downstairs, the ground floor, a pleasant good morning to you as well. How This is the first Sunday of the month of December. And so that means that a few days from now, you will not only celebrate and remember a Christmas and the work of Christ on the cross, but also you'll celebrate another year, a new year in our life. We praise God for that. Let's start with a prayer. Join me as we pray again. Lord, once more, we humble ourselves before you. We ask that you open our minds and our hearts and our ears to your word. Enable us to understand your word. But most especially, enable us to live the truths of your word. In your word, live them out in our lives and share them. Share the lessons, the principles, the truth out of your word to others. Teach others and proclaim your word to others. Please bless our time together and our study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go to our passage, allow me two things. One, allow me to give a concept that will help us be able to, well, appreciate more and understand more our our passage for this morning. And the second is to review and go back uh, to the background and to the context of our passage this morning. Okay? So first is the concept that in every conflict, in every argument, I'm sure you had this, right? You, you had an argument, you, you had someone to argue with. No? So whether in the road, or in your rooms, no, in your, your school, wherever, no, in, your, in your workplace, you had a discussion, you had an argument with another person, or you had a conflict with another person. Yeah? Conflict. One person wants to go to the left, the other person wants to go to the right. Opposite ways. So in the process, no, there's a tension in between. And uh, the concept is: whenever there's a conflict, whenever there's an argument, it may go through several stages. Now, the first stage is the intellectual stage, where you, when you say your your arguments, you you voice out, you you claim something, you're right, you demand something from that other person, and that other person is trying to defend himself or herself, and also trying to claim something. In the process, there's a conflict, there's an argument. So the first stage is intellectually, you argue with each other, you give your, 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 your grounds, you give your voice out your concerns. The second stage is when the, 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 in, the intellectual stage, the conflict, uh, uh, heightens up. It will involve your emotions. Uh, this is the emotional stage. So, this is the, the time where your voice would be uh, louder, you know, stronger, uh, and uh, sometimes emotions like anger and frustration and perhaps what else, you cry, you know, would, would come out in that, in that conflict, in that argument. Now, in this also during this stage, that we may become verbally abusive we verbally abuse, we, we we, give our points stronger and louder. Now, the third stage would be the physical stage. Now, when the emotions is too high and too great, sometimes it, it brings us to that point where we want to hit the other person or to harm or to hurt the other person. So, if you're not, believe me, take this, take that. And in the process, there's now a physical uh, 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 stage. And hopefully it ends there, because if not, it will be just be a cycle. And so we'll use this as a concept as we go through our passage today. And as we review the context, the background of John chapter 8, it took us a while, it took us, I think, more than one month to finish chapter 8. And chapter 8 is a passage where John, the author, would reveal to us, would show to us, would share to us the conflict, the argument, the discussion between Jesus Christ claiming that He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, claiming that He is God. And the other side, the other party, the religious leaders, religious Jewish leaders claiming that he, what Jesus is saying is false, and it's not. So here's, this is the the, the, the the general context of John chapter 8. Now, just to backtrack, just allow me to go through John chapter 8 again, uh, verses, we started with uh, John chapter 7, verse 53, and then 8 verse 1 to 11 is the uh, this is the story of the woman caught in adultery uh, and uh, in in that uh, message that we had several weeks ago uh, the pattern is the jewish leaders will give something no? will will claim something uh, this is usually uh, a false Uh, claim against Jesus, and Jesus would defend, Jesus would argue, and Jesus would give them the truth. So, that's the pattern uh, as we go through. Uh, So, the first part would be, uh, of course, the adulterous woman. uh, They brought up to Jesus this woman, apparently caught in adultery. However, the problem is they did not bring along the man who is uh, also part of that uh, adulterous relationship. And in that, in that confrontation, you know, Jesus said to the religious leaders, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And so they all left. And what uh, happened is that the woman remained and Jesus said to, him, to her, woman, where are they? The woman said did no uh the jesus further said did no one condemn you she said no one lord and jesus said i do not condemn you either go from now on sin no more now after that we studied verses 12 um, and uh Onwards, where Jesus spoke to them saying that he is the light of the world. Now, so th- remember this happened, this confrontation between Jesus and the religious Jewish leaders happened at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles uh, and uh, they are in tents and then there's this light in the temple and it symbolizes God you know, in his glory and they' are praying now they were thanking God uh, that uh, God one time, dwelt in them, uh, came to them, and then they're now praying that the Messiah, the Savior, would return and would indwell in them again and dwell with them again. That's the, that's the main prayer in the Feast of Tabernacles. Yet, it's ironic that the Messiah, the person that they were praying for, is right there already, talking to them, arguing with them. And so, Jesus said to them, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And so, the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. So, they had this back and forth argument. Jesus is saying, revealing himself, who he is, his unity with the Father, uh, with, with God the Father and also saying that he is the light of the world hence to be followed and Jesus answered them said to them even if I testify about myself my testimony is true for I know where I came from and where I am going but you do not know where I came from or where I am, you are going and so this will happen back and forth arguments and they would say no, you're, you're not right. And then Jesus would say, I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Okay, speaking of the testimony, the rule of two, that there should be two persons. Now if you're claiming, let's say, you are accusing someone, committing of a crime, there must be at least two persons as witnesses to testify. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not only testifying about myself, God Himself is testifying for me. And In verses 21 onwards, then He said to them again, I go away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. For where I am going, you cannot come. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, surely He will not kill Himself. They're thinking, oh, Jesus would kill himself, because they believe that anyone who who kills himself, by the way, will be brought to, they have this uh, idea that that's the worst sin that you can commit, one can commit, and there's a reserved place in the Hades, in the hell, where such persons will be brought, those who commit suicide, and that's the worst sin, and we will not come jesus is saying you will not where i'm going you cannot come so they're thinking that jesus is going to that to that place you know, the, the worst place is he, is he going to commit suicide because surely we will not be able to go with him there you not go with jesus there and it's only him who can go there since he says where i am going you cannot come and he was saying to them, You are from below, and I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he. In of course we have learned this that the word he is not really in the original uh, manuscript, it's just I am. Ego Amy, I am, you will die. Your sins, and so you know what's the problem? We know, right? The problem is the Jewish leaders, religious leaders. They are listening to God and interpreting what Jesus is saying on the physical, physically, and on literal physical aspect. And Jesus was pertaining to spiritual aspect, and that's where the conflict is. And so, they were saying to Jesus, who are you? Verse 25, Jesus said to them, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak of, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, meaning God the Father is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. And they did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the capital F, Father. So, just talking about spirituality of the Father. Verse 28, so Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that, again, I am. I am he. And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me that I am with the father that what i am doing what i am saying to you is not of my own it is from the father yet again the jewish leaders did not understand now in verse 30 as he spoke these things many came to believe in him praise god and so verse 31 so jesus was saying to those jews who had believed him if you continue in my word then you are truly disciples of mine. Now, this is a good test. It's a good test assessment tool uh, to assess ourselves. Am, Am I really a disciple of Christ? Am I really a follower, a student of Jesus? Because according to Jesus himself, in verse 31, if you continue... In my word, meaning if you endure, if you remain, if you persevere in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And that's one test that we can use to ourselves, for ourselves or against ourselves. Am I really a disciple of Christ? Because if yes, if our answer is yes, then what's the What's the objective parameter? If I am a true disciple of Christ, I will continue in Him. I'll continue in my faith in Him. I'll continue my walk with Him, my journey with Him. I'll continue abiding, believing, following, obeying His word. Now, in verse 34, in 33, they answered Him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Because in verse 32, Jesus will further say, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So again, they're thinking, what is this? Slavery, physical slavery. But Jesus was talking to them of slavery from sin. It's a spiritual slavery. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave Now, whenever Jesus says, starts His statement with the words, truly, truly, or amen, amen, or in other translations, most assuredly, it simply means that this is absolutely true. Absolutely. Absolute truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The Son thus remain forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So it's the Son who makes us free. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. So Jesus explained that those who believed in him, one, they are genuine disciples, and they abide in his word. And what happens? They will know the truth, and the truth will set them free, free from slavery of sin. And to his accusers, Jesus said in verses 39, and this is the, our, our message last Sunday and the other Sunday, Jesus said that they were of their father, the devil. Uh, uh, Jesus was speaking as if, no, not as if, but really as the devil's real, who was a murderer and a liar. However, Jesus is saying that he is the truth and the Son who can set them free. And so the Jewish Accusers, retorted, they argued that they were descendants of Abraham. That's where their faith is basically anchored. Tracing their ascendants. Tracing their faith to Abraham. Although that might be so in, well, in genealogical sense, through genealogy, meaning through generation, In terms of practice, in terms of their ways, their father was the devil. Meaning to say, yes, you're claiming that you are descendants, sons and daughters of Abraham, yet the way you act, your actual acts, says otherwise. Why? Because you're lying and you're intending to kill me. So the reason is that they intended to murder Jesus, and they opposed the truth in Christ. So if you're really the descendants of Abraham, look at Abraham. You know Abraham, he welcomed the messengers of God, he believed in them, he treated them well, but here you are wanting to kill me. So is that really the son or the daughter? Is that really the descendant of Abraham? And so we come now to John chapter 8, verses 48 to 58. The last part, at least in this chapter, the last further stages of their arguments in their conflict as they... Go back and forth and argue. Jesus on one hand and the Jewish accusers, the Jewish religious leaders on the other. So first point, keep his word. The Jewish accusers accusers, replied that Jesus was a Samaritan and had a demon. So they called Jesus many names. And one of which, interestingly, now they were saying that Jesus was a Samaritan. Before, they were even saying that you are a, like a, in, in just to paraphrase, a son of a war, no, you were born out of wedlock. And so now they're saying that he's Samaritan. Now Jews look down on Samaritans because they were not pure-blooded Jews. They, they look low upon Samaritans, and so this is where they, they had the conflict with Samaritans. So plus other reasons involving politics, religion, and culture. In other words, the Jews were saying that Jesus is a false believer. You are not a pure believer. You're Samaritan, you're half Jew. We are true believers. We are came from Abraham purely. You, mm, you're maybe you're Samaritan. And not only you are Samaritan, you had a demon. So, in other words, they're saying you are in opposition to God because the demon, devil, Satan, is in opposition with God. Jesus replied that he had no demon, but he was only honoring the Father with his words. So, how can that be? Because I'm honoring God the Father, and you're saying that I am opposing God. While I am honoring God. And so, Jesus stated that all who keep his word will never taste death. Let's go to the verses. Verse 48, the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are Samaritan, a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. So it's as if Jesus is saying, who is now a person who has a demon? Because I am honoring the Father, and me as the son of the Father, because I am one with God, you are dishonoring me. And who is now, who has now a demon? Verse 50, Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, And he is the judge. So Jesus is saying that I don't need such glory. I don't need to defend myself because I have God who is the judge who will really defend me and who will really testify for me. And in verse 51, truly, truly, again, remember, whenever we hear, read the words, truly, truly, amen, amen, most assuredly, it means absolute truth. So, we listen carefully to these words where Jesus is saying and starting his statement with truly, truly. This is absolutely true. Meaning there's no, there's not even a hint of falseness. It's pure. So, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Brothers and sisters, one day we will enter the doors of death. Uh, I always remember whenever I I speak of death, whenever I well I, I read the word death, I remember of this one patient of mine before, who asked me, "Doc, she is in her terminal stage of a cancer." And she felt that she was dying, or she's going to die. And she, she asked me, Doc, what will happen to me when I die? And that's a valid question. And such a question you know, is very important that we should have asked that already. <laughs> you should have asked that question already. Because this is the important question. Where will I go? When I die, you know, the problem with death, we don't know when and we don't know how. But it will come. It will surely come. And so, my patient, I remember she asked me, Doc, what will happen to me when I die? Now, I always want to look at death as a separation. It's a separation. So, if you have a loved one, you have a friend, you know someone who have died already. That person is separated from you, from us. So, we cannot talk to them anymore. We cannot see them anymore. And we cannot be with them anymore. And so, they are separated. So, that's a physical separation. That's a physical death. But again, Jesus is talking about spiritual death. Remember the conflict. Their understanding. You know, They're listening to God. Literally and, and physically, no? But Jesus is explaining to them spiritually. And so Jesus is talking here not only of physical death, but of spiritual separation from God. And you know what's concerning about spiritual death? It's an eternal separation from God. Eternal. Everlasting. Forever. I am tempted not to use this illustration no? and this statement that there's some would say walang forever. No? There's they're saying that there's no forever. No? Eleven years, yeah. see. You magconnect, connect Talagang ano tayo, no? talagang updated tayo. Jesus is saying there's no death. How is this no death? There's no spiritual separation from God. Oh, you may argue, "Eh, when I die, that's already a separation. Yes, but at that moment, in a person's death, even at that, well, temporary part of death itself, as one crosses from physical life to spiritual life, that's death, separation, Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, his word, he will never see death, never. I hope you underline that word, never, just absolute. And then see, what do you mean by see death? Well, you'll never experience death because as you transition from an earthly life to spiritual life if you keep the word of jesus you will not you will not be separated from him he will still be with us he will still be with you even at that moment of separation that's why we'll never experience death so it's just a door it's just a a temporary part where you now enter forever and ever and ever now it's key to understand what it means to keep my word keep his word how's that keep his word because I'm a I'm a, I'm, I'm a keeper of what do you keep by the way in your closets, in your rooms, in your, do you have these uh, sentimental boxes that you keep, perhaps a gift of someone, or uh, what do you collect? What do you keep? So is that the idea of keeping? Uh, I keep things. Another way to look at this is to, to cross-reference this with investment. I keep money, I invest money, and, and this money would double and triple and would grow. So it's, a, it's, a, it's in a sense, it's keeping. But the keeping here is not literal. Keeping and tucking in something and your um, sentimental material things, you still have them up to today. The idea... is believing because you believe you keep it now because you you believe in jesus who said this these words you will keep it now in the process you are holding on to it so if it's the promise of jesus saying if you keep my word word jesus well, the context is salvation. The context is being free from the slavery of sin. That's the immediate context. Spiritual things. So if you believe, if you really believe, you cannot separate the, the keeping. You cannot separate the obedience. You cannot separate the living it out. Out of that belief, because you believe in my words, I said this, I said that you don't do this, I said that you do this. With regard to commands, then you are now doing them, or you are not doing them. You are keeping it, you are leaving them out. Sa Tagalog, isinap sa pamuhay. Aynas sa Tagalog, it's aneon uh, isinasa-gawa no yung yung word yung salita at when you say you keep the word you hold on to it you keep it you, you keep it. it's it's with you all the time you hold on to it so if it's a promise of god that you, if you abide in my word you're truly my disciples that you, if you believe in me you will not perish but you will have everlasting life so if you hold on to this truth you will never see death. So the premise of keeping the sine qua non, meaning the, the primary, the, the first thing uh, that would trigger keeping is believing. We are to keep His Word. And one will never see death, not the physical death, because we will all see that the spiritual death the separation from God which is by the way eternal so just allow that to sink for a moment now, to process that now we are alive now you look at your the person sitting beside you now, mukha gising, no? I mean you're alive no? uh, um, okay. pa, no? so, yes, you're alive, but one day, that person will be separated from you. Now, consider this eternal separation from God. What is the promise of Jesus? Truly, truly, absolutely, most assuredly, I say to you, speaking to the Jewish religious leaders, by the way, that is Jesus is giving them an opportunity to believe in Him. Jesus is giving them an opportunity to receive have eternal life that was an actual encounter with jesus now we have his word but i i pray that you are hearing jesus speak to your heart right now and the same invitation the same truth that he has given to these jewish religious leaders is also giving to us Now, if anyone keeps my word, he, and you may throw in there, she, will never see death. Now, our minds, our brain, one of the interesting areas of our brain is its ability to deny things, things that would give us worry, anxiety, or fear, so our brains—some no, psychologists call call that as defense mechanisms. So it's it's really defensive in that in that sense that it defends us from focusing on things that would give us worry or fear or anxiety. Because if not, well, we will be anxious and our electrical circuits will go hay- haywire and. Will not be able to function fully, and so our brain, minds, psyche tries its best to defend us from from that. And so, what our brain does is to keep death as far as possible from our minds and from our memories, so that we will not think about it. But the truth is, it will happen. It will come. It will pass. And all of us will go through this stage. Now, Jesus would give them the why, the basis, the ground. Why are we going to keep His word Why are they going to keep his word? He gives the the result so that you will not see death, but he will give the basis, the ground. What's the ground? Because he is greater than Abraham. He is greatest of all. In verse 52, the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Malina naman yung ano, dating sa kanila? Abraham died. You're talking of death? Okay, Abraham died. As did the prophets, yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. As far as we are concerned, we knew that Abraham kept in his heart the word. He believed, yet he died. Even the prophets, they even spoke of the Messiah, the Savior, yet, where are they? They're, They're dead. So they're saying to Jesus, Now we know that you have a demon because Abraham died. You said no one will die if if that person keeps his word, your word. Now, one thing to note in this context is that keeping his word and believing are inseparable. So Jesus said that those who believe will have eternal life and those who keep his word will never die. And Jesus was not merely talking of physical death. And so the Jews asked if Jesus was greater than Abraham, since Jesus spoke about not tasting death, not seeing death. And Jesus mentioned that he does not glorify himself. It is the Father who glorifies him. And to answer, to give the basis why we are to keep his word, because he was greater. He is greatest. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced at his coming. In effect, he was saying, yes, I am greater. Are you greater than Abraham? verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? So who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God. So here you are, you're saying that you are from the father, capital F, from God. You're even saying that you are from Abraham as your earthly father but no you're saying otherwise you're acting otherwise why verse 55 but you have not known him not knowledge not not knowing in a sense that oh I know God uh, his spirit his truth etc not that knowing him but a relationship with him but you have not known him I know him just kept saying to them I and the Father we are one I am from him if I were to say that I do not know him I would be a liar like you because Jesus cannot lie Jesus cannot say a lie because he is God so he cannot lie And so we would say, I am from God, and, well, because he cannot lie, then that is the truth. So if I were to say that I do not know him, this is in the reverse area, reverse side, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him, and listen to this, I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day <laughs> and read the last part he saw it and was glad Jesus is saying he saw me when Abraham died he saw me and he was glad now they would again misunderstand what Jesus was explaining to them. Now, why are we to believe Jesus? Third point because He is the I Am. The Jews could not accept what they heard. Uh, Grabbing nasigurang emotions nila. No? The only, they only saw the human Jesus, and they did not understand what, that he was eternal. Because they're only seeing the physical aspect of Jesus. How did we know that they were just seeing the physical aspect of Jesus? Therefore, they intended to stone him. Verse 57 so the jews said to him here it is you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen abraham you look 30 Uh, you're not even 50. Uh, so again look at your the friend your friend beside you sitting beside you you know you look like young I don't look like fifty. So here they were looking at the humanity of Jesus. Oh, you, you look like... Ano naman, ah? You're not yet even fifty. So how come you're saying you have seen Abraham? Eh, si Abraham. Tagal nanya na Old Testament pa yan na Yet you are saying you have seen Abraham. So maybe you're again lying. Because you have, you're, you're, you're claiming you have seen Abraham. Now, verse 58, Jesus said to them, again, underline these words, truly, truly, absolutely, most assuredly, amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham was, ego, amy, I am. You know what triggered the Jews? So that the emotions inside them would well up to the point that they would want to physically hurt Jesus and even really kill him. Two things. One, Jesus claimed to be older than Abraham. I've seen him. In fact, Abraham saw me. (laughs) What is that? That's impossible, right? That's humanly impossible. That's why if you look at the person sitting beside you, it's impossible that you are hundred years old because you look like a teenager. So Jesus claimed to be older than Abraham. Oh, that's humanly impossible. Ha! gets. Second, Jesus declared himself to be the I am. You know, of course, we know, right, that the I am is the title, is the name that God himself gave to Moses. Now, when Moses saw the burning bush, and Moses heard God speak, who are you? I am. And so for the Jews, anyone who says, I am, He is God and so for them it was blasphemy and for them according to their law They have the right they have the license to stone to death any person who says that Jesus claimed to be God Now I have tried to study and read all religion possible, and no one ever claimed, at least those who have died, uh, those who are dead right now, those who have written uh, extra-biblically books, etc., they never claimed to be God. Now, John, the author, consistently revealed the, ju- the dual truth that Jesus is not only the Son of God. Yes, He is he's the Son of God, He's the Son of Man, but He is also God. Now, if anyone claims that Jesus is only man or Jesus is not God, Let them read John chapter 8. This is the argument where Jesus would say that he is God. And that if you and I, anyone who believe, who will believe, and who believes in him, anyone who believes in him and keeps his word, because we cannot separate those two, will never see death. So if we hold on to that promise, if we hold on to the truth that God is saying, that Jesus is saying that He is God and that through Him you will be saved from the judgment, the wrath of God, and if we hold on to that truth which is absolute, then indeed we will never see death. So If someone claims that I can save myself out of my own good works, um, that person is actually declaring that he is God. Why? Because he can save himself out of his good works. Because he can, he can, by his own power, the person claiming to to, to save himself, which is God can only do it. That person is actually declaring that I am God. I can save myself out of good works, out of the things that I do. Therefore, I don't need a Savior. Another is someone who is saying that this person would save me. Never did Jesus say, that we are saved through another person. So if someone is claiming, saying, oh, we will be saved through the earthly mother of Jesus, or we will be saved through the earthly father of Jesus, or the earthly brother or sister of Jesus, or the earthly disciple of Jesus. That's a false gospel. That's not the truth. What is the truth? I am. Jesus is saying, I am God. I have the power. And it's only through me that you are saved. So, truly, truly, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. So how do, how do we apply this in our lives? How do we apply the truth? Well, one is to keep His Word. Let us keep His Word. I keep different uh, translations. Uh, I keep them. Uh, I treasure them. I hide them. I dust them from time to time. Does that count? Keeping his word. Those who believe in Jesus will have eternal life. Those who keep his word will never taste death. One cannot separate believing in him and keeping his word. You know the eternal blessing? Eternal life. In heaven. In the presence of God. Eternal brothers, sisters. Forever yun. In God's presence. Now, what's the key? Believe, right? Keep His word. The blessing is eternal life. Why? Because jesus is not only greater than abraham moses joshua and david great jesus is greatest amongst these great fathers in what way nothing was created without him jesus is the word who was with god and who was god he existed even before abraham he existed even before adam and eve Jesus is eternal. So if you are to believe someone who is claiming not that if you believe in this, if you believe in that, that's a false gospel. But if we believe in Jesus Himself, who is claiming that He is God and He is one with God, that He cannot lie. Because He and the Father, they are one. And He says that if you believe and keep My Word, you will never see death. Where shall we go? What shall we do? Are we still going to hold on and believe someone claiming that apart from Christ, we can be saved? Or, do we really, genuinely, truly, in our hearts, in our minds, believe? Now, if we do, of course, we praise God for that, but it does not stop there. We are to proclaim that Jesus is God. We proclaim this to others. Maybe, They have a superficial idea, concept. Well, knowing, well, believing who Jesus is. But is that enough for one to be saved? Because head knowledge, as far as the scripture is concerned, is not saving faith. It's not the faith that will save us. And so what is that? That will save us. It's a relationship with God. It's a personal relationship with God. It's, it could never be someone else's relationship. It can never be someone else's idea. And then you, you live that out. No. That's why we, in this pulpit, we keep on encouraging you, everyone, including me, That we are to read the Word of God, study the Word of God. So we will know Him, not just head knowledge, but through the Holy Spirit in our hearts. We will be affirmed. Now, again, the test is to endure, to persevere, abide in His Word. Through the burning bush, God said, I am. That was the time of Moses, with Moses. Now, Jesus, with the time of the religious Jewish leaders, kept on saying that He was and He is. He is the I am. But here's the problem that we may also have the same problem in our generation today. We don't listen and we don't understand. Or to rephrase that, we don't want to listen or we cannot understand. Until today, some would think that he was just a man or an underling of God. A prophet, a messenger. We must clarify that Jesus is the I am. He is God. So, it is my prayer, brothers and sisters, that we continue to reflect on this truth that Jesus spoke, Jesus actually said, recorded for us by John, so that in our time today, we will have the opportunity to never see and taste death Allow me to close with the the poem written by our senior pastor entitled Greatest of All uh, I think this is not from the song of Whitney Houston but um, he penned this out of John chapter 8 verses 48 to 59 that's you may read along with me remain in his word taste, no death. It's not all about losing breath, but a spiritual kind, that is. Listen well. The truth, do not miss. He is the truth. His word is truth. The devil lies. He is the untruth. So how then... Should we live our lives, our minds from truth, do not deprive, remain in Him, remove the lies, from falsehood sever all the ties. What is the truth? His word is truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is truth greatest in all history over death won the victory now no longer a mystery jesus center of history shall we all stand and close in prayer as we close our eyes bow down our heads as we humble ourselves before the triune God who sees us right now who listens to us at this very moment the God who created the heavens and the earth the God who created the universe the very same God who created man and woman The same, eternal God who gave us our life. Heavenly Father, eternal God, Creator, Sovereign, our Savior. Our judge we declare that you are holy you are just and because you are holy and you are just you are the ultimate judge as you yourself revealed especially through the word that we will be judged according to what we have done we realize that we are sinners imperfect and we cannot save ourselves and there's no one and nothing apart from your son Jesus Christ that can save us from your judgment and from your wrath. What is your wrath? Eternal separation from you. As you have said, all have sinned and fell short at your glory. We have failed. We have missed the mark. We have sinned. And one sin is enough to judge us guilty and to punish us with eternal suffering in a place called the lake of fire you are such a holy God a just God that we should fear but the, by the mere fact that we have life right now and that we cannot control even our death, when it will happen, how it will happen, should be enough for us to tremble and fear you. Yet you are also a merciful, a loving, and a gracious God that out of your sovereignty, out of your perfect will, out of your only standard, you have given Jesus Christ to suffer, die on the cross and resurrect to defeat death. And as you have promised, that you have revealed as well in the book of John, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Yet in the subsequent verse, you have also said that those who do not are already condemned. We are already judged. So today, we humble ourselves. We repent of our sins, we turn our back from sins and surrender our lives to you we acknowledge that the only way for us never to see and taste death is through Jesus Christ and thank you Lord for revealing that to us through the book of John and through the life of Jesus Christ, through His Word, and where shall we go? Whom shall we believe except the one who says, I am? Lord Jesus, we declare that you are our Savior, and that you are Lord of all, the King of kings. You are the greatest. You are perfect and eternal. And what you did on the cross is sufficient for us to be saved from the wrath of God. Today, Lord, we affirm that and I pray for those who are listening, watching, that by your grace, cause them to believe, change their hearts. And for every opportunity, Lord, that we are to proclaim that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to our friends, our family, to our neighbors, our Schoolmates, to our workmates, to our neighbors, to the community in general, through this church, allow your words to speak and change them, Lord. Remove the chains, the blindfold, the scales in their eyes, that they may see. Jesus Christ And for us Lord we have committed we have Surrendered we have repented and believed We thank you for the Holy Spirit we ask Holy Spirit to Continue to change us and mold us and shape us To Christ likeness Christ who had compassion to the lost. May we also have compassion to the pre-believers, to the unbelievers, to the lost. Give us courage and boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Give us, Lord, opportunities, especially this Christmas Eve, when we have our Christmas party, our gatherings in the family, in the office, in the school, and with our friends to proclaim, to share the medicine, the antidote, the cure. and the way to eternal life. Lord, I pray that as we proclaim your word, you will use your words. Lord, even use our testimony as we share to them how you have changed us. If not, Lord, use other people's words and encouragement and proclamation of the Gospel. And most specially, soften the listener's heart. We acknowledge that apart from You, they cannot. And so, Lord, we pray, that they will not be like the Jewish religious leaders in this time that we have studied, holding on to the hardness of the stone in their hands, ready to throw them to you in rejection, in anger, in disbelief. May our friends, our families, be not like them, Lord we plead we pray yet we believe that you are sovereign and you are you are in control of everything that's why Lord we entrust this to you I pray for my brothers and sisters that as we go out from this place we will receive your favor your blessing whatever whatever situation, and circumstance that we are having right now. May we receive the power through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through your Word. Enable us to be encouraged, to be revived, to be refreshed, to be strengthened, most especially our faith in you. To endure and persevere, to abide in your Word, and to keep your Word And when that moment comes where we transition and we are at the last breath or breaths that we are to have, we will be reminded of this truth. We will remember. We will even speak this out that we have kept your word We have firmly believed until the end, and indeed, we will never taste death, and there will be no death. Thank you, Father. May you be honored and praised and glorified today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name we all pray, amen and amen. God bless us all.